Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caring Bar. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Who wants to learn how to sit down? <laughs> That's pretty much the title of the message this morning. Thank you, Michael and team. It's just a beautiful leading restful space this morning. The idea of sitting down is hard, I think. I don't know about you. Resting is hard for us all. In fact, I heard a little rumour that when Dave sent the series around and said, which one would you like to preach on? Someone on our team went, anyone but rest. I don't want to preach on that one. Thank you very much. I think, you know, it It's hard because for some of us, we live in our heads. And so even when we can get our bodies to be still, it's still whirring, 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 whirring up here. Some of us are more body-centered people and we like to be in the middle of the action, moving, having adventures. And so to actually settle our bodies and rest is really hard work. Some of us are more heart kind of people and and we love to connect and be relational and be with people. And so to kind of draw ourselves away and rest, give ourselves some space can be a challenge. So I got the text from Dave. (laughs) Kim, would you like to speak on rest? Considering you've just been on sabbatical, I figure you'll be well qualified to bring a word on rest. I hope he asked me not just because I've had a period of rest, but I hope that he's asked me because he's noticed a shift in me. And I hope some of you that know me well have noticed that I might be a more restful person on the other side of that sabbatical time. You know, the four-month break was just invaluable, a wonderful period of rest. But God's done something deeper in me in that time. And I do feel more restful on the inside. I do feel that he's led me to cultivate a posture of rest. And so I want to speak into that a little bit this morning. Periods of rest are great. I had four months where I did not have to produce anything. That is a luxury, I understand, (laughs) a privilege. And I was able to fill it with things that I love to do. Going hiking, I bought myself a paddleboard, I had massages, I read deeply, which is fun for me and it's not fun for everyone. Um, And I was able to have spacious time with people friends and family. Periods of rest are important and often we give ourselves little breaks uh, but I was, I was uh, hearing this week that really we need at least three weeks at a time to really unwind. So it's interesting to think about when we're planning our rest and our leaves and our leave. Um, So in that time, that period of rest, I was able to start to establish some rhythms of rest for my days and my weeks. 
And that is something that God has set up for us, rhythms of rest. You know, we see it in creation that there is day and night. And there are seasons in nature. Seasons of summer, spring, winter, autumn, and all of them invite us into different places. You know, but we as, ma- as um, mankind have made electric light and 24-hour Kmarts and we have kind of worked against the seasons and the rhythms of rest in nature that I think God established in the beginning. And when I was thinking about rhythms of rest, um, I was thinking about a conversation I had with my mum this week about petrol tanks and petrol. I don't know about you, but I like to fill up, well, I actually don't fill up the car, normally Troy fills it up for me. Um, And then I like to drive that car until the red light is blinking at me. (laughs) Does anyone else do this? Um, You know, the the tank is on low and my mum got in my car and she's like, I can't drive it, the red light's on. And I'm like, oh no, you can get another 20 k's out of that thing. (laughs) That's just like a, you might want to get petrol at some stage soon. Um, And she said to me, oh no, 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 my car's never been in the red zone. I was like, really? You have never, ever let... She goes, no, no, I don't ever let it get below about half full and then if the petrol's on stage, on sale, I'll just scoop in and take the opportunity to fill up again. Anyone like that? Anyone really... Oh, good on you. You're probably a lot more peaceful than me because when I went to get petrol when the red light was flashing and flashing and then the extra warning sign had come on, I pulled into the petrol pump in my street and it was out of order. (laughs) So then I had to drive to another one which didn't have diesel and then a third one. So I was not at peace by the end of that adventure. Um, But this is what I think rhythms of rest are like. It's not about waiting until the gauge is on empty and the red light is flashing until you fill up again. Rhythms of rest is about never letting the tank get below about half full. It's keeping yourself topped up to fullness so that you can then overflow into the lives of others. So periods of rest, rhythms of rest are all essential to our physical, emotional and spiritual well-being. But the rest that both Jesus and David in this Psalm 23 invite us into is a deeper rest. It's a soul rest. It's an internal rest. It's the kind of rest that we can find even in the midst of tumultuous or turmoil times. Think about Jesus who was asleep in the boat in the middle of the storm. Maybe he was sleeping because he knew he had the power to still the storm. But I wonder, I thought this week, maybe he was sleeping because he trusted the Father. Because he trusted the Father. The kind of internal rest I'm talking about is also available for people that have limited time. Speaking to all the parents today. (laughs) As soon as I said rest, you're like, yeah, maybe in five years. (laughs) Fifteen, sorry, Dave. If you have just ten minutes a day, I think that you can begin to cultivate a space of internal rest. So even though... I'm feeling more restful than ever before. I feel like I'm only scratching the surface of the rest that God has for me. But I hope this morning I can just deposit a few little things 
that God has shown me in this process. And then I want to create some time for us to rest together and to facilitate a little bit of time at the end of the service that we can do that today. So is that okay? We head there? All right. So Psalm 23 was written by David, and we don't know whether it was written when he was a shepherd boy or whether it was written later in his life reflecting on his time and his journey and his battles and his time as a shepherd. But let's have a look at the first part of Psalm 23, and that's where we're going to sit this morning, verse 1 and 2. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me, and I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. Let me just stop there. He lets me lie down. Some versions say he makes me lie down. You have God's permission to rest. You have his invitation to rest. He's here today saying, will you please rest? Some of you need to hear that this morning. So he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still and quiet waters. Now David does here what we see Jesus do throughout the Gospels. He uses natural phenomena to explain supernatural or spiritual truth. I don't know if God ever does that with you in your life. He does a lot for me. But it makes sense, right, if God is both the author of the natural world and the supernatural world, it makes sense that the same basic laws, principles and procedures function in the two realms, that we can make these parallels. So what spiritual reality do the green pastures and still and quiet waters represent? Let's have a look at the uh, Passion Translation because I think it gives us some clues. It says, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. It's interesting to me that last week Dave spoke about I couldn't remember the name you used, but the rock with the water flowing out of it. started with M. Mirabar, is it it? Yeah. Um, because I had my own kind of moment like that towards the beginning of my sabbatical. I was down at Lily Pilly Point, which is near my house, and I like to walk down there with my dog. And so I started, you know, I often do that in the mornings, but in my sabbatical I was doing it pretty regularly most mornings. And I'd get down there, it was summertime, and I'd stand on the rock... I think there's a lovely photo of it. Andrew somewhere. And um, I would stand there and look out at the water. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's my puppy, Maggie. And um, I'd think, oh, gee, I'd love to go in for a swim. It looks so beautiful. But I didn't, you know, I've, I've walked 20 minutes to get there. I didn't have my towel and, you know, all of that. I'm going to set my hair and um, have to walk back. And it was just all a bit hard. Um, And so I was standing there one day and I felt God say, Kim, you know me as your solid rock, you know? On solid rock I stand all over the ground and sink in the sand. You know me as your solid rock. 
You know me well as your solid rock. But I am also liquid love. So why don't you take off your shoes and come on in? And so I did that day. (laughs) Stripped off what I could and went in to the water and just laid there. And enjoyed being there with God. Sun shining on my face. Enjoying the water. Well, in my studies of Psalm 23 this week, I learned a little bit more about sheep and shepherds. And I learned that sheep, when they are thirsty, become restless. And they set out in search of water. Sheep, when they are thirsty, become restless. Just as the body has a need for water, so does the human soul long for the water of the spirit. When I took my sabbatical, I was restless. I was feeling restless. I was thirsty. I was going, God, surely there's more. More to you. More than what I'm experiencing right now. You know, sometimes we think when we get restless it's a bad thing. Something must be wrong with me. I'm falling away. I'm slipping. I'm not so passionate anymore. I'm not enjoying my relationship with God anymore. But sometimes restlessness emerges because God's inviting us to something deeper. He's saying, come on in. And we get to choose where we take that restlessness. And so after 20 years of being on team here, celebrating 20 years of being on team here, I I chose to take a break and to bring that restlessness to God, to pay attention to it. And I think Jesus, like a good shepherd, saw that restlessness, saw that thirst in me and said, come on in, come on in. I have depths of love and peace that you are yet to experience. And when I'd go into that water, I felt like Jesus, you know, in the in the moment of his baptism and every time I dunked under coming up, God saying, I love you. You're my beloved. You're my child. With you, I'm well pleased. Right here, right now. You're not producing anything. You're not doing anything. But I love you. So it's the shepherd's role to guide the restless sheep to good, clean water. But what the sheep will often do when it's really restless and thirsty is try and find that water on the way with the shepherd. Any little muddy pool or any little patch of water it can spot, it'll try and drink from it because the sheep isn't always really good at discerning where the good water is. And if the sheep ends up drinking from a polluted source, then the sheep will pick up parasites or disease. You know, I think it's like that for us. There are lots of pools available that offer us temporary time out the illusion of or a partial rest for the soul. But in the end, they don't satisfy that deep longing within. And I think the prophet Jeremiah spoke to this in 2.13 where he said, my people have forsaken me 
the spring of living water. And they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And I think this was the very conversation that Jesus had with the the Samaritan woman at the well. When he said to her, drink the water I give you and you will never thirst. Again, you will be fully satisfied. In fact, the water that I have to give you will become like a spring welling up within you. And we're like the woman with Jesus saying, if only you knew what was going on in me. Or is it even possible that I could have that sense of satisfaction and rest inside? And what that woman soon discovers is that Jesus is offering her pure love. And as she drinks of his love, deep peace seeps into her soul. And this infectious joy wells up to the point that she runs back to the town to tell everyone there what she's discovered. You know, this is our first calling. The first place Jesus leads us is to be loved, to rest in our belovedness. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. You know, I was talking to Dave about this and I said, um, I reckon we need a new slide to the vision, a new bit. Because we have, I don't know if you're aware, we have this arrow. This is our vision, love God. And we have this arrow, love others. But I think there's one missing here, be loved. This is the first calling. Loving God and loving others flows from being loved. That is the order. When we get them out of order, we get weary and we get worn out. And when we get weary and when we get worn out, we're vulnerable to the presence of evil in our world that allures us into striving, manipulating, drivenness, hurriedness, disordered priorities and disordered attachments to have our needs met and to be loved. Rather than being met by the source of love. And this is not a one-time thing. It's not like we make a decision to follow Jesus, receive his love. Okay, I've done the be loved part. Now I can just get on with the loving God and loving others part. It's a cycle that goes round and round and round in a continuous fashion. So during my sabbatical time, God invited me to rest in his love in new ways, not just for a period of time, but more like an invitation for my soul to choose as its permanent dwelling place the love that dwells deeply in me. The fruit of that shift parallels the rest of Psalm 23 where David talks about restoration, direction, peace and presence of God in his life. 
As I've rested in love, God's brought me back to life. His spirit has affirmed who I am. He's helped me discern the path for my next season. He's ministered to my fears and he's cultivated a fresh joy. As a result, I feel like God has a new season for me that will have me ministering in different forms. So I won't be returning to the role that I've held in the past on the Caring Bar team here. Um, you know, I believe that we are in days at the moment where many people, and for good reason, have lost faith in the integrity of the church. And those that are seeking to explore relationship with God are less likely than ever before to come through our doors or the doors of any church. That's why I am so encouraged by the vision that Dave shared at the beginning of the year of the river. Do you remember it? That's flowing out into the community. The river of love and freedom and health and vitality. Because I believe that God is doing a restoring work in the church in this COVID, post-COVID season. That he's bringing the church as a whole back to his heartbeat. There's new wine coming as, as we've sat with that metaphor. And this is not something God is just doing here. This is something God is doing across our movement of churches not sure that if you're aware, but we are part of the Churches of Christ in New South Wales, or otherwise known as Fresh Hope. And uh, I've had some opportunities to connect with our movement and be a part of some initiatives there. One, one is an ethos team that's been put together to renew the DNA of our movement as a restoration movement for a new season and for the next generation. I'm also uh, on a committee there that's to do with the endorsement of pastors and leaders. And so they're looking at how do we make sure that we have integrity in our leadership in the next season. And so God is opening up some opportunities for me to invest at that level in this season. I also feel like he's leading me to create some other bridges for people and leaders who have lost faith in the local church. And that looks like developing a uh, practice of spiritual mentoring and pastoral supervision and exploring some new wineskins or forms of spiritual community in the future. You know, I think there's a fear, and there certainly has been in me in the past, that if we make the goal of the Christian life to be fully infused by God's love, that we will end up self-indulgent, self-focused and far from the life and mission of Jesus that he called us to imitate. But in my experience, that's not what happens. In my experience, as we open to the true and pure love of God and we allow it to fill us, it then cannot help but flow out of us like a river. You can't help but bring the presence of love into the lives of those around you. We move from just doing what Jesus would do to being who Jesus was. 
a deeply loved child who is grounded in the Father's love and who is welcoming, healing and awakening others to that very same love. So how do we do it then? How do we rest in love? I think that we need to start from a place of honesty and sincerity. God isn't waiting for you where you think you are supposed to be. He's actually right here with you where you are. <laughs> Some activity happening around. Um, so firstly, just be honest with where you are and where you're at with rest even this morning. Secondly, we need to be a receiver, not a doer. God is the doer. I remember when I first went to have some healing prayer. It was with Bredo. It was many years ago. And he said, we're going to organise some healing prayer for you. I'm like, great. And I go there and I'm like, yep, pray for me. And my fists were like this. Yep, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive God's love. And I was so guarded and so protected. I wasn't open. We have to be a receiver. It's not easy for some of us. We're more comfortable being the givers than the doers. You have to be a receiver. Sometimes I've spent my whole time with God saying, here I am, my fist is shut, I don't know how to open them, help. But at least I was honest in my prayer. And lastly, I think that we need to be disciplined to bring ourselves to the love and comfort of God rather than others, to keep some space open and empty in our lives where we can hear him say, don't you know that I love you? Don't you know how pleased I am with you? Where we can just relax and be with that reality. I'm going to end with uh, this quote from Henry Nguyen because I think it sums it up well and then we'll move into a time of practice. He says, do you ever spend 10 minutes just doing nothing? This is hard. Not listening to the radio or a podcast. Not watching Netflix or scrolling through your phone. Not reading the paper or a book. It's very hard to sit down on your chair and do nothing. You know, before you know it, you feel like your head is a banana tree full of monkeys running around. I should do this. I should do that. I have to text someone. I have to go here. I forgot that I'm still angry at that person. I shouldn't do that. I should have done that. And before you know it, your whole mind is exploding. So you get yourself busy again not to have to deal with all those inner monkeys. So you just stay there with the monkeys. Because underneath all those wild voices, there's a gentle, soft voice that says, you are my beloved. Listen to that voice. Please try to spend a little of your time every day to listen to the one who so much wants your attention so that you will hear who you truly are. You can do that by just sitting in your chair or outside or by taking a verse of the day and read it and look at it like a picture and then be there so it can enter your heart. 
And as you drive to work and enter your busy office and as you're working at the store or tending to the kids, that voice is there with you. You are my beloved. But you need some time alone with God so he can tell you who you are. So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to sit and just be. It's going to be really uncomfortable, I understand. It's okay. I'm okay with it being uncomfortable. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you to just close your eyes. Oh, there's actually, before we do that, there's a lovely photo. It's going to come up. There we go. Um, And I'm going to pray and then I'm going to lead you for a little while just to help you settle. And then after that, I'm going to go quiet and just give you some minutes to be. And then I'll come back and just wrap up. Okay? So just close your eyes if you can, if if that's comfortable for you, uh, because it can just help you to draw inward. Just find a comfortable space. If you'd rather sit on the floor, you can do that. But the goal is to be relaxed but attentive. (laughs) However, if you drift off to sleep, I will not be upset with you. Maybe that's just what you need this morning. (laughs) Or maybe that has something to tell you. I don't know. About the level of rest in your life. So just find a comfortable space. And your mind, as Henry Nguyen said, will be full of monkeys. So don't try to banish them or send them away, or get upset with yourself because all the monkeys are there. Just notice them without engaging with them. Let me just pray and then we'll go on. Father, we're going to just sit here with you for a few moments. And I thank you that you are just so present to us, always sitting at the table. And uh, you just welcome us this morning, however we come. God, we just acknowledge that it can be hard to sit and be. And um, we just bring that tension to you. And uh, we just, yeah, sit here and be who we are with our wrestles and tensions. And Father, I just ask that you would meet each person, each one of us this morning in the way that we need to be met. And we just welcome and invite you to do that. So as we sit here, what we're trying to do is to drop down out of the mind into the heart and the soul. So we're trying to turn our hearts towards the presence of God that is love. It's kind of like as if you were turning your face to the sun and letting its warmth just wash over you. And you were just going to sit there for the next five minutes or so and enjoy that feeling of the sun and the warmth permeating your being. Now we can use our breath as a tool to help us move from our head to the heart and into our bodies and to be present to God. 
I love using the breath because breath is the word that is used. It's the same word, ruach, that's used for the spirit of God. Breath is the presence and energy and life force of God within us. God breathed life into Adam and Jesus breathed on the disciples and imparted the Holy Spirit to them. So you can bring your attention to your breath and if it helps, you can put your hand on your belly and see if you can deepen your breaths so that the air fills your tummy. So you can take a deep breath in because so often we are holding our breath and we don't even realise it. So you can take a deep breath in for a count of four and you can feel... See if you can fill your tummy with air. Pause and then breathe out slowly again. A deep breath in. And then out slowly again. Some people find that adding a short phrase to their breathing, like be loved, or perhaps a line from scripture, like restores my soul, or even just Jesus, helps to draw attention away from the mind monkeys. So you can do that if you'd like. Well, you may like to take yourself into Psalm 23 and to sit with David beside the still waters or to some other place that is restful for you. You might imagine yourself sitting there with Jesus, allowing the warmth of God's love to fall upon you. And as you keep breathing, you'll notice that your body will start to soften. And as your body softens, your defences drop and your spirit too begins to soften. And as you soften, you begin to open. Open to the presence and warmth of love to the voice of the Father that calls you the Beloved. And the idea is just to rest there. Nothing else to do or gain this morning. And if the monkeys start getting louder, just notice them and gently turn your attention back to love. You might need to do that over and over again for the next few minutes and that's okay. Learning to rest is a process. So I'm going to leave you here for a few minutes and then I'll come back. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.
Have a good one.